guess what, guys? There is only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. It's your favorite, locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. The Colorado mountain pie has become a staple for not only natives, but for those who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is. Bojo's is the only answer. Bojo's dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey. You heard that right. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it is to die for. There's something for everyone at Bojo's. Large, delicious mountain pies for the entire family, a huge salad bar with fresh veggies galore, Colorado beer on tap, including our personal favorite, Breck Brews, and your personal favorite sports teams playing in the background. Bojo's has private party rooms for all your holiday get-togethers or to celebrate birthdays and other large events. They have $4 happy hours in select locations along with gluten-free and plant-based options as well. There is nothing more important to Bojo's than their community, which is why they are always happy to help you raise money for your fundraising causes. Host your next fundraising event at any of their five front-range locations. They are also offering their holiday se- this holiday season a special pint glass koozies that make great stocking stuffers and come with a $5 gift card. Check those out at their site today at bojos.com. That's bojos.com and tell them DNVR Rams sent you. Off the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Or Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dump. And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the five. Touchdown, Colorado State. Kind of based off of you know off of that question there you know how do you keep guys focused after such a monstrous win over to Mexico? I don't know. I mean, I think we're just trying to be consistent in everything we do. I mean, game to game, whether we had lost, whether we had won, we try to keep the routine the same. As you know, we came in here, we quickly moved on from New Mexico, and all of our attention is right away to the next game. And you know, you don't have to watch college basketball or sports for too long to realize you know. It, you try to build confidence on things that you do well, but you got to quickly move on. And every game stands on its own. And it's gonna be a really tough challenge for us on Saturday, and we got to be ready to meet it. And so we just try to keep our, our, you know, consistent. And I thought their attitude was great, and I thought they come out here focused today. And so I'm not concerned about that. I don't, you know, that doesn't guarantee the game will go well on Saturday, uh, but I think we'll be fine that way. What whoa, whoa, what's up? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. Bojo's Pizza, Colorado's own mountain style, 
Right now, DNVR fam can hit up Bojo's and get a free cheesy bread with the purchase of any entree. That's a slamming deal. A lot of carbs, so if you're on keto, that might be a little bit of a tough one. My mom's on keto. Shout out to my mom. She's doing a great job with it. Lost about 15 pounds, maybe more. I don't know. Uh, Shout out to mom if you're listening. I'm proud of you. But we are going to talk basketball, not keto today. Colorado State men's basketball obviously coming off of that massive, massive, massive victory over New Mexico on Wednesday night. Biggest margin of victory by either squad in over 120 meetings all time. I mean, there's there's just no way to understate how fun that game was, man. I mean, it was just, it wasn't the, the Moby atmosphere that, you know, I fell in love with around, you know, the Miles era and you Stacy's first year, obviously, but it was a good, good crowd. I mean, it sucked that that game happened when the students weren't in town, but such is life, you know, it was, it was even dumber that they played the Wyoming game while the students weren't in town. That's a absolutely a game that should never be played while the students are on break uh, for either side. I mean, it's just, it's a game for the league even. It's just, it's dumb. Why would you take a game where people will actually show up and put it during a time where nobody is in town? I just, I don't understand what the Mountain West was thinking on that. Uh, that said, you know, we're, the, the students will be back on campus next week. And, you know, moving forward, I think there's an opportunity for, you know, this community to kind of buy in and just, you know, support this, this team. And it's a, it's a group that deserves your support. You know, there, there are some teams that are harder to root for, even if it's your school, you know, it's just, maybe it's an unlikable group of guys, or it's just a, you know, maybe they're not fun or something like that. But this group, man, they're, they're, they're a little bit special. They've got obviously commitment to to winning and, and they're playing well but they're just good dudes and, and they enjoy being together and I think this is a group that the Fort Collins community is really going to rally around moving forward especially you know if they can get hot here and kind of extend this win streak a little bit uh, first things first though, you gotta gotta take care of business against a really really difficult Air Force team and you know, I think we say that with every opponent that CSU faces, like, oh man, this is going to be a pretty tough game, but it really is going to be a tough game for the Rams. Air Force is, they're a thorn in everyone's side. It's its a lot like football in a sense where they're well coached, they execute, they do their system. It's not necessarily something that you're used to facing all the time and they do it well and, and they, they count on you you know, abandoning your style of play and, and trying to beat them in a shooting contest. And of course, when that ultimately happens, it, it really favors the Falcons. The Falcons this year are, they're not, you know, just like a good shooting team. They're legitimately one of the best offenses in the Mountain West. I mean, really over the last like five or six years or so, you've been able to say that Air Force has been a pretty decent three-point shooting team. I mean, that makes sense. You run the Princeton offense under Dave Polopovich you're, you know, moving the basketball around the perimeter, constantly trying to get that open jump shot, looking for, you know, the mismatch or or a bad switch, something like that. Uh, But this year is a little bit different, man. This Falcons team, they've got some ballers, and it it helps when you return all five starters from last season, and that's what Air Force did this year. They return all five guys. Always going to be an advantage, especially when you look at, 
you know, Air Force was a team that although they they didn't have a great year last year, they were they were a pain in everyone's side. They just they really made things hard. Even like Utah State, some of the top teams on the league, they all had a really difficult time dealing with Air Force. The weird thing was CSU, who no offense and you know, I've said comments like this around the staff so they would get it, but you know, CSU was not a good team last year. And they absolutely wiped the floor with the Falcons twice. So just really weird, I mean, examples of why college basketball is great. I mean, you got to show up, you got to play the games. But definitely, definitely a big test for the Rams. Uh, You know, Air Force has already taken down Utah State at home. They've taken down Boise State at home. So you know they're going to come to play. Uh, That said, we got a 2 p.m. start, nice afternoon start really perfect i mean you can still watch the game still have time to do stuff uh, moving forward you know won't take up your entire saturday night uh, if you need to get stuff done in the morning you can do that i really think there should be more 2 p.m starts on saturdays if we're being honest uh, all time csu has dominated this series they lead 80 to 33 uh, 55 to 22 is the advantage csu holds in conference play so there were obviously some meetings between these two programs before they were in the same league. Uh, the Rams have won 14 of the last 16, so really, really dominated for the last eight years. Like I said, though, this is a team you you just you can't overlook them. I've I've talked about a lot over the years, just how underrated of a coach I feel like Dave Polopovich is. I I you know got in an interaction with Eli Bedker, Mountain West guru guy. Last spring, he released a, a poll, and he kind of asked, you know, who do you think the most underrated coach in the Mountain West is? And I argued for Polopovich, and I was pretty much the only one that did. But my point has always been that you have a ton of recruiting hurdles. You know, you're not recruiting a seven-foot big man to the Air Force Academy. It's just not going to happen. You have to play a different style of basketball. You have to find guys that are not only – willing to basically accept the fact that they're never going to have a chance to play pro basketball but you also need guys that can academically qualify and hopefully you know can play a little bit kudos to them for really getting this program in a in a solid spot you know like I said Air Force is a team that's really really competing well right now and I think they have a a pretty bright future moving forward that said you know if you were able to slow down their trio, their main trio is Lavelle Scotty and Ryan Swan. Those are the two forwards. And then sophomore guard, AJ Walker. Those three account for the vast majority of Air Force's scoring. Coming in, Scotty leads the team 15.7 points per game, 5.7 rebounds per game, 1.7 assists. Uh, Swan throwing out 14.4 points a game, four and a half boards. Just under two assists. AJ Walker is their best three-point shooter at about 46%. Damn near shooting 50% from the three-point arc. Definitely have to watch out for him. Uh, One of the best just true shooters in the conference. Has a great-looking jump shot. And shoots with confidence. You know, that's really half of the battle. Sitting talking with Dave Thorson after practice the other day about some of the guys on CSU. And he's like, you know, half of it sometimes is just, you know, shooting with confidence. And He's right, but it'll be interesting. You know, like I said, last year, CSU really wiped the floor with Air Force, uh, but I did hear some kind of interesting stuff this year from a couple of the the people on the CSU staff. They kind of, 
uh, gave us just some inside knowledge on, on what happened. You know, it is a weird deal at the Air Force. They obviously have uh, responsibilities beyond the basketball court and beyond the classroom even. You know, they're preparing to be members of the service, and it's it's very admirable. But apparently before the, the CSU game last year, uh, Ryan Swan, this is before the first meeting in Fort Collins, apparently Swan and, and Scotty had to do some Oblig- uh, I don't really know what exactly it was, like drills or, you know, something unique to the Air Force Academy. They had some stuff, so didn't really get to, to prepare for the game in the, in the same normal way. Uh, that would make sense, to be honest. You know, I think it'd be easy to say that as an excuse afterwards. But when you look back and you look at the box scores of those games, it was kind of weird just how non-factors they were. You know, it was just really, really odd. That said, uh, while the while the Air Force stars did not perform well in these meetings, Nico Carvacho had a field day against Air Force. First time they played, he dropped 27 against him, pulled down nine rebounds. Second time uh, at the academy, went for 20 and 14. It's a tough matchup for Air Force. Like I said, they don't have stellar size. You know, their biggest dudes are about 6'8". Carvacho, you know, when you got four inches on someone, that's that's something you got to take advantage of. And I think that's something that CSU needs to to really focus on in this game. Get the basketball to Nico, play inside out. One thing I'm a little bit concerned about, at least going in, is you don't want to get into a three-point contest with Air Force because if you do, you're going to lose. They are the better jump-shooting team. It's just it's how they play. It's what their entire offense is based around. You know, this Princeton offense, it's back cuts. It's trying to get people into a favorable matchup so you can pop a jump shot behind the screen. It's a lot of misdirection, and you have to play quality defense. But what I'm worried about for CSU on the on the offensive end is if Air Force comes out and they just knock down a couple of threes right off the bat, I, I could see this young CSU team, especially on the road, trying to start jacking up some shots and kind of go, you know, tat for tat with them. And if they do that, I just, I don't see them winning the game. If they play that way, you do need to knock down some threes. And if they're in, if they're open, take them, you know, guys like Kendall's Isaiah, Adam, all of them, even Chris, you know, all these guys, they have to be able to shoot the ball. You got to be able to knock down, knock down some jump shots from the perimeter, but you don't want to get into a three point shooting contest with this team. You want to work the ball inside, get it back out. You know, a lot like you did against New Mexico. The other thing you need to do is you need to rebound. You know, New Mexico likes to play a lot of isolation. They like to draw the ball in the paint. They like to play bully ball with their size, and that makes sense. Air Force is going to do the complete opposite. They're going to work the ball around the perimeter. They're going to pass a lot. They're going to cut. They're going to use screens. They're just going to work outside, and they're going to try and draw that open jump shot. You got to play great defense, and you got to rebound, because if you don't rebound... Obviously, that's going to create second chance opportunities for them, and that's really the only way I see Air Force having you know a consistent post presence is if they just come out and they get a bunch of offensive rebounds and they're able to get you know some cheap putbacks or something like that. With Roddy and Carvacho, I feel like the paint is somewhere where CSU should really dominate in this matchup. I, I do like Swan, and and I think Scotty can work the ball in the post a little bit as well. Uh, but I just definitely feel like that is an area where the Rams should have the advantage. And I think, you know, Medved would agree with that. The other thing I'm I'm really intrigued about in this matchup is 
can the Rams create in transition? Like I said, you know, Air Force is going to put up a lot of jump shots. If they're not falling, can you get those rebounds and turn it into buckets on the other end? CSU has been a good team in transition this year. I wouldn't say they've been a great team, but you know, you have speed, you have guys that can move a little bit. There, there should be some opportunities to, to get out in transition. You know, Isaiah can really run uh, Kendall Moore, another dude who's just a nightmare for defenses. Once he gets going, if Kendall Moore grabs an offensive rebound and is able to attack good luck defenses, good luck. Cause that dude's going coast to coast in a couple of seconds. And that's just, you know what it is. That's speed kills. But uh, yeah, definitely should be an interesting matchup. Already played that Medved audio there. I was about to say, here's some Medved audio, but we already played it. You have to play your game. You know, if you get into a three-point shooting contest with this team, the Falcons are going to shoot you out of the floor. Got to play smart. Can't get in foul trouble. Use your size advantage. Get to the free throw line. And when you get there, knock down the free throws. That's a, I think that's about it. I think that's pretty extensive hoops preview. Uh, should be should be fun. We'll obviously have plenty of coverage on that. Gonna do I'm not sure if we're gonna do a post-game podcast on Saturday or Sunday yet. Uh, one of those days though. And obviously we'll have some written content as well. If you didn't check it out on the site, I published a really extensive breakdown on CSU men's basketball. I really dove into what's been going well for this team, what needs to change, why I feel like they'll be a dangerous team in March. I wrote about 2,300 words in total, uh, so definitely check that out. If you're not a subscriber, now's the time to subscribe. That's You get access to all of our premium content, get access to all the other beats as well. It's really just killer. I mean, we've got so much amazing content right now. Just added DNVR Raptors. We've got rugby coverage now with Colton. It's it's just amazing. We're doing big things, but yeah. Subscribe. That's that's really all I have to say about that. Let's let's talk a little football here. Let's wrap up tonight's episode with some football talk cuz I want to talk briefly about this Boise State situation. I had some news come out. Apparently, uh Boise State isn't too stoked about the TV agreement that the Mountain West has in place with Fox now. So should be interesting. Going to talk about that. Uh, Also going to give you just a couple of thoughts on the coordinators. We got to meet them for the first time yesterday, uh, which was cool. So going to talk about both of those things when we come back after the break. It's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR Rams. Breckenridge has been serving locals since 1990. And you want to know what? Nobody does it better than Breckenridge, from Colorado core to the world-famous Avalanche Ale, which is their version of just, you know, the classic American Amber Ale. Breckenridge has what it takes to make your party a poppin' success. Had some buddies over last weekend for the football games. We killed a 12-pack in no time. If you're having people over, if you're watching sports, you're hanging out by yourself, if you're drinking beer in any context... Make sure you're doing it with some Breck Brews, man. It's the best way to do it. You won't disappoint it. Let me know what your favorite Breckenridge beer is. Maybe I haven't tried it yet. I've tried just about all of them, so I doubt it. Uh, But I would love to hear from all you guys. Let's interact. Let's grab a Breck beer together. Shoot. We're a community after all. But anyways, this weekend, you got the NFC Championship, AFC Championship coming up. Grab some Breck Brews. Grab some snacks. 
Have a good time. Shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. Bojo's Pizza. Grab some free cheesy bread with the purchase of any entree. Tell them DNVR Rams sent you. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit of football here. I'm really not going to go too long on this. I do want to get this podcast out early enough so that people have the option to listen to it Friday night if they do choose. I know a lot of people will be listening Saturday morning, uh, but the there's some big news in the Mountain West tonight. I I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I, I feel like I kind of have to. Uh, Boise State dropping the bomb, basically saying we don't like uh, we don't we're not okay with this new TV deal. Listen to this quote here: "We will not support any change to this provision, and are in the process of weighing our options moving forward." Uh, if you're unaware of what's going on, the Mountain West is now going to be broadcasted on Fox platforms instead of ESPN. Boise State, obviously has had a long-time uh, exclusive agreement with ESPN. I just, it's weird. It's, I don't quite understand why they have a problem with it now. I know Boise is getting less money on this deal than they used to, uh, supposedly. I guess I'd, I'd have to really look at the numbers again. I know that for everyone else in the league, it basically triples what they're going to make on this. Basically, you know, It's a no-brainer for everyone else. Uh, the big thing that I don't quite understand here is if you had a problem with it, why did you let it happen? And why are you, you know, coming out and saying you have an issue with it eight days later? It, I just, I, I gotta be careful what I, with what I say here, but Boise State to me feels a lot like the recruit that blows up when they're a freshman and then never gets any better. And what I mean by that is, it's not 2011 anymore. Boise State is not the sexy national program that they once were. Are they one of the best G5 programs in the country? Absolutely. They're one of the most consistent winning programs in all of college football. They've been a solid addition to the Mountain West as a whole. But it's 2020. And Boise State isn't getting an invite from a power league anytime soon. So you want to take your ball and go home? Go on ahead. Rejoin the WAC. Travel 2,000 miles a game to join the Big East. Be my guest. If you really think that you're that freaking special, go right ahead. I dare you. I dare you, Boise State. I just, I honestly feel like in 2020, Boise State needs the Mountain West more than the Mountain West needs Boise State. You want to leave? Fine. Take the original members. Ditch Hawaii. Ditch San Jose State and some of these programs. Go start a new league again. It's basically what happened with the Mountain West in the first place. You know, they added a bunch of crappy West Coast schools, and so the original members were like, "No, no, fine, we'll go start the Mountain West." Boise State wants out. Whatever at this point. Do I want them in the league? Definitely, definitely. I think it's good to have a nationally relevant program. Uh, they're they're not as nationally relevant as they were a decade ago, uh, but they're obviously a household name. They win. All of that is good for the league. But let's not kid ourselves, Boise fans. You're nothing special. You just aren't. The school is nothing special. I mean, 
if I was a power league, I'd be laughing at the thought of Boise State, you know, even thinking they have a chance of making a power conference. It doesn't, it's not just football success. That's like the one thing that drives me crazy about conference expansion talk is everybody thinks it comes down to going 11 and one in football every year. Does winning help? Sure. For a lot of reasons. It makes you more relevant. It makes the fans show up. It makes you look like you're a program. It helps you recruit all that things. I'm not saying winning is not a factor when it comes to conference expansion, but you want to know why Rutgers is in the big 10? Not because they're a dominant football program because it's a good school. These are it's university presidents and, and chancellors and, and governors and stuff like that. Those are the people that make these kind of decisions, not athletic directors and certainly, certainly not head football coaches. So my advice to Boise State, grass isn't always greener. You want to try and flex and pretend that you're still the program that was, you know, America's sweetheart in 2007 when you won the Fiesta Bowl, be my guest. The Mountain West will be okay without you. I'm not sure you'd be okay without the Mountain West. That's my thoughts. Take it or leave it. I'm definitely not the most popular person in Boise. I never had been. But hey, that field they play on is, it, it looks like a circus. It gives me a headache. So the blue turf, the Smurf turf, I hate it. Gonna take shots at it for the end of time. You know, until the end of time, I should say. But uh, yeah, I, I should reiterate, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to have some fun here, but Boise State is obviously one of the best football programs in the conference. And I have a ton of respect for their hoops program as well. I don't want them to leave the Mountain West. That's not what I want. I do get very tired of their pompous attitude and an ego that just quite is unearned, you know? Sure, you've done really well in the Mountain West. Good for you. I I mean, I, that's really all I have to say about it. I just, I feel like Boise State feels like they're so much more nationally relevant than they are. That's how I feel. Let's talk CSU football now. Let's move away from the enemy. Let's talk about the program that y'all actually care about. Uh, we obviously got to meet Chuck Heater, the new defensive coordinator, and Joey Lynch, the new offensive coordinator, for the first time yesterday. Felt like both of them were pretty personable. Uh, two different personalities. Both were polite, very very outgoing. I uh, made an effort to individually introduce themselves to me and Eddie and, and Kevin and Kelly. The, the local guys were pretty much the only guys that are ever here, but um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I liked that they were outgoing. Joey Lynch in particular, I felt like was a great interview. Um, he, he didn't ramble on necessarily. He, he was definitely more concise than Heater was. Uh, but I felt like he gave honest answers and in-depth answers. Uh, but he didn't, you know, just babble on and on and on, but he gave good quality answers, gave us good insight and was pretty honest with us. You know, we asked about what he was thinking schematically and stuff like that, said, you know, would really have to wait and see until they get out on the field and, and can evaluate some of the personnel in person, but definitely talked about how excited he was to to use some of these different playmakers, said he had a chance to meet with Patrick O'Brien, uh, really likes the way he throws the football downfield, it said he was excited to work with him, also said that he had an opportunity to talk with Warren Jackson, uh, Ram fans obviously would love, love, love for Warren to stay. At this point, it I'm kind. Of, I've uh, I don't want to put it out. Okay, I've heard that Warren 
intends on staying. I'll just, that's what I have heard. We will see, but it sounds like at this point he intends to come back for his senior season. Uh, they need him to. They, they definitely need him to. They need him. They need Dante Wright. They need Trey McBride. They need all these guys. And if they can keep him, this offense might be able to put up some points next year. Uh, that You know, they got to get some offensive linemen. Losing two starters doesn't help. You have to establish your system and all that. There are going to be some growing pains along the way. But based on my interaction with the inter- with the coordinators so far, I'm I'm intrigued. I liked what they had to say. I thought they were honest and insightful. One of the things that really stood out to me was Chuck Heater said, when you win, it's about the players. When you lose, it's about the coaches not being able to get the best out of the players. And I think that's a really important perspective. I think too many coaches think that, you know, they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. They think that their system is so innovative and so brilliant that it couldn't possibly be their fault. It's the player's fault for not executing. You know what a good coach does? He takes the blame. A good coach hypes up his players when they win, and when they lose, the coach takes 100% of the loss, even when it's not their fault. That's what a good coach is. And that's kind of the impression that I got from both of these coordinators. They just, they seem to get it. Heater in particular, I mean, he's He's obviously been around the block a little bit, but I don't know, man. I'm intrigued. I I could see why defenders would want to play for someone like that, somebody that's not necessarily a screamer, somebody who gives it to you straight, who talks a little bit. You know, the funny thing about Heater, he was really, you know, mellow-mannered. I couldn't hear him at times because he didn't talk all that loud. Uh, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think too many football coaches feel like they have to scream at you all day long and there's certainly time for that there's a time and place for everything and I'm not saying that intense coaching is always bad you need it you got to get after them sometimes but respect goes a long way and Heater seems like the kind of guy that would talk to these young men with respect who would point out you know this is what we're trying to do this is the system this is what I feel your skill set is this is how I need you to execute I hope you can do it that's coaching man that's good coaching and where I'm really intrigued is what he brings as a recruiter. At 68 years old, I know, you know, there's some questions about, you know, can they still connect with the kids? I don't really think it changes all that much. I mean, the process changes, the, the technology and all that, but at the end of the day, you're just being genuine with these kids and trying to sell your best vision of the program to them. And I'm intrigued. I'm I'm definitely intrigued, so going to be interesting Uh, i'm really excited to see spring ball and kind of get some of these guys in action it'll be nice to see it in person and you know not have to speculate based on past performance but that said i think we're gonna wrap it up here obviously got the big game against air force tomorrow or today depending on when you're listening to this Uh, i'm gonna call it i say the rams go down to Kloon and and get the win i think It'll be a hard-fought game. I definitely don't think they're going to hit 19 threes or blow the Falcons out by 30 the way they did the last two uh, meetings. But I do think CSU goes down. I think they take care of it business. I think they play well in the post. Uh, I think Roddy has a big game. And I think CSU is able to win this by about 7 or 8. So taking the Rams, uh, they, they are one-point underdogs going in if you're a gambler. That's my insight. That's my feeling on it. I would I would consider it. I obviously don't bet on CSU for ethical reasons, but hey, I always want you guys to make that money. 
make that money. Do it. Take the Rams. They're one point dog. That's my advice to you. Happy Friday. Happy Saturday. Have a great weekend. Watch some college basketball. Enjoy it. Much love. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice The water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly Like non